Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood, this is SoFloRadio.com. Do you understand your value to the organization, Resnick? You're a sadist. You lack compunction. That comes in handy. Excuse me for saying so, Mr. Carter, but it might be easier if Resnick just disappeared. I thought about that, but I'm not worried about Resnick. He wouldn't last two minutes out on the street without us. It's that other mud I'm thinking about. What's his name? Porter. It takes a lot of moxie to walk right into the outfit and start wagging our guys around. Either that or he's shit nuts. Frankly, I don't understand it for $130,000. Oh, 70000 His share. That's even worse. I don't want Mr. Bronson hearing about this. He'll think I'm getting soft. One of his principles has always been, if you don't understand it, get rid of it. A stitch in time, so to speak, so... Stitch this mud up, Phil. become my own little gift over here. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony Fee, and of course, I am joined live in the studio by the master of production and engineering, the man who makes sure that our groove is satiny smooth. Let's say hello to Is this thing on? <laughs> I'm just waiting to see that thing get looped so I look like a bigger fool over and over and over and over again. That'll be a lot of fun. Of course... Every Groovathon centers around an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world. Yo, how you doing, pal of mine? Great. You know, like, Monday, they're, they're back. They're oh, back. I know, I know. They're back. Parking spaces are a premium now because all the snowbirds are back. And traffic is a nightmare. Obviously, I, like they, the, the construction. I mean, I know good, they timed nice it, timing. They really, timed, to, yeah. they couldn't have started it on the, on Hollywood Boulevard. They couldn't have started the construction last oh, spring and had uh, it done yeah, by now. Right, no. No, 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 no. Let's wait so we can right. really mess shit up. I, I don't know how long. That's the other thing, though. I don't know how long it's going to take to complete it. So they may have this scheduled to be completed before next thing. It may, it may be one of those things that takes that long. I'm going to have to give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt on that. No, not so. I, I'm just whatever. I'm just. A, I, I just go with the flow anymore. I'm a cork in the ocean, a leaf on the wind. <laughs> Nothing to do with any of this. I just. You're a co- you're a coaster in the in yeah. the sink. Yeah. I just. <laughs> what oh. choice do I have? Oh <laughs> man. Well, it's nice that the weather's nice. So we like all that. Of course, we're back now. Regular regular schedule back again after only two weeks. Lots of stuff to get to today. Obviously, our boy's been been out of the country for a while, so I'm going to have to focus on something else. <laughs> yeah, he's not doing anything. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. What do we got to get to today? Well, NFL players let Papa John know who his daddy really is. Rand Paul stands up for libertarianism and proves once and for all that good fences make good neighbors and not to mention lower hospital bills. Jeremy Piven questions the wisdom of the crowd of women accusing him of sexual misconduct. 
as the gropioid epidemic spreads like Ebola <laughs> and proves to be just as occupationally fatal. Uh, plus, uh, McGruff, the crime dog, graduates from law school. Betsy DeVos reschedules her own recess. And I'm going to take a look back at what I got so wrong and what I got so right a year ago. I took a look back at some of the stuff I was uh, writing right before the, uh, the election on November the 8th. So that's... Uh, <laughs> That was a bit of an eye-opener. Of course, all of that is going to be propelled by a finely tuned, perfectly timed, naturally aspirated, inline four-set power plant of the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air, including the annual drive groove track that signals the return of those who don't use their signals. Right. All freshly detailed by the Carol Shelby of Song Mechanics, Gramps Master Flash. Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. It's just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah. Hollywood. Florida, that means it's just past 8 o'clock on the Big Island. It was a eat kalamai ayu to the Kau crew because Hawaii doesn't do daylight savings time. So now they got to get up an hour earlier to catch the groove live on SoFlow television. And who doesn't want to do that? Because then you get me dancing so you don't need to receive the uh, the gift. That's, that's right. The, They're that's visuals. The, the visuals. Let me see, just past 7 o'clock at night, Dublin, Lisbon, St. Anne, Lisbon, and the rest of Western Europe. And it is just past 1 in the afternoon in the Cayo district of Belize. Shout out to my fellow Groovy UVMer, Groovy UVM Cougar, my man Alex. He's uh, down there in the jungle of Central America getting his art swirl on been down there for a while. He's actually got a really uh, incredibly groovy uh, site with a bunch of his stuff on it. His artwork called hawkdesignbelize.com all one word so you want to check that one out yo mi compadre I'm ready you got the tank topped off there I you, am there you go then strap yourself in stick around it's the groove on unsoflowradio.com
people ask me all the time now. So, Rich, does everyone in America own an assault rifle? Is it mandatory? Uh, no. <laughs> then why? I don't know. Because Americans have guns. Well, why can't they get rid of them? Well, that'd be like trying to stop obesity by getting rid of spoons, all right? <laughs> not going to happen, because Americans have guns, and we're not getting rid of them. Because there's always some guy in a camouflage outfit with an AR-15 going, Ah, the Second Amendment says I have the right to carry. That was written 220 years ago, you prick. I don't think they foresaw you were going to own an AR-15 with a laser sight on the top and a 200-magazine clip. I think they were thinking of muskets. That's why they pulled a quill out of a duck's back and dipped it in ink and wrote it into law. I was reading a, I was reading a cover of a magazine in America because they have all these gun magazines, and there's one called Guns and Ammo. This is, the, this is the headline of the article. I didn't even read the article. This is just the headline. Which is better for capturing a mallard, Kalishnikov or Browning? <laughs> How about a piece of bread? <laughs> the state of Iowa has just passed a law. It's now okay to get a hunting license in Iowa if you're blind. <laughs> if you're blind. I'm pretty sure that bill was introduced by deer and pheasants. So the government, you know, they have every opportunity to pass a gun law, and what they never do, they never do. Well, uh, it's going to happen again. Don't worry. Well, what if it happens? It's going to happen. Well, we need to pass a law. Nope, we're not going to pass a law because of the National Rifle Association. That's the, uh, the gun lobby, and they just say, well, you know, it's not our problem. People go a bit nutty. You can't regulate nutty. Well, what about if some guy gets tooled up because he just watched a Batman film and then he goes off to a cinema and shoots other people dressed as Batman characters? You don't think that has something to do with violence on television? No. People know the difference between what they see on television and real life. Oh, yeah? Then how come there's advertising? <laughs> you people will go out and buy insurance because a meerkat told you to do it.
84, I ain't going on tour. I went to war, whatever. I'll be right here to the next year at the mic site with a bright idea. Brothers come through, better split it going. When I rip this song, they get torn. Bring it on. gun control, ladies and gentlemen. This is why. You've got to take guns out of the hands of people like me who would use them constantly to thin our herd. Oh, are you kidding? If I had a handgun, I'd be a self-appointed marshal of evolution. 
where nature failed, I would succeed. I would show it to people's houses in my neighborhood. Ding dong! Hi. I couldn't help but notice that you're watching Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I'm going next door. They have a Clay Aiken CD. Do you put your kids on leashes at the mall? <laughs> it's the reckoning. We have to start somewhere. Oh, I could never have a handgun. I'd be instantaneously... I would, I'd, see, I'd use it in stupid situations. First day, I'd be at the grocery store counting items in the express line. 13, 14, 15. Okay, go right ahead. 13, 14, 15. Yes, you're fine. Excellent. 14, 15, 16. Let's learn how to count. It's 15 items, dude. Read the sign. You're one over. You, that, is that pie? You don't need pie, Jumbo. Come on, hustle. Come on, dude. Snakes on a plane, bitch. Snakes on a motherfucking plane. No, it doesn't make sense. I don't have to. I have a gun. The irrational are now empowered. That guy who can't turn his turn signal off after 15 miles? Well, I think I can do it for you, sir. I don't know why you can't see it and you're nine inches from it. I'm a quarter mile of away and it's burning a hole in my retina. <laughs> Oop, gas tank.
Rocket George Soroka, Born to Be Bad, from Born to Be Bad, came out in 1985. Before that, had some things on gun control, and in between the set, the mix, Alabama Shakes Don't Want to Fight from Sound and Color came out a couple years ago into a brand new mix of a Rakim song called Bring It On. That is the Kimo De Hora remix. It's one of my uh, B-Boy from the B-Boy collection. Uh... Basically, Rakim had an unreleased song um, from uh, the God MC hits, and uh, it was pre- it was found from one of his studio uh, tapes, and somebody got a hold of it, and they remixed it, and then they sped it up a little bit so it fit into the B-Boy breakbeat thing, and that fell into Pearly Queen, Quick Jivin', which is a 45 came out in 74 those guys are actually from miami pearly queens and uh was it the pearly kings and queens were uh basically they were a charitable uh organization of working class people um in england that started in the uh 1800s and they wear mother of pearl buttons on all their clothes and so you've got the pearly queens and the pearly kings surrounding that sweet mix there we had dwight slade talking about (laughs) thinning the herd and uh, who else did we have? We had uh, Rich Hall talking about gun control. He was doing it from Live at the Apollo. For that, little Buck and the Top Cats, Monkey in a Sack. That's a uh, 45, came out in 1969. Those guys from New Orleans are kicking it off. Smashing Pumpkins. Tristessa from their first album, Gish. We like we like those guys. We like the early Smashing yes. Pumpkins. They got a little bit out of, they started wandering off. And then, of course, you know, their various members kept overdosing. I was down... <laughs> I, there's, my, my friend used to have a rehearsal studio across the street from the Ludlow Bar, Ludlow Street Bar, and uh, that's where one of their guys overdosed in an apartment right above that. So, you know, there's a little bit of thing, a little bit of New York action here, right around the corner from Cass's Delicatessen. So, we've only been away for two weeks, and yet, the, the flow of stuff coming in is unstoppable. So, what caught my eye? Well... I thought this one. Papa John's owner blames sagging sales on NFL anthem protests and league leadership. You got to like this. They should have nipped it in the bud a a year and a half ago, uh, said, you know, one of the guys from Papa John said, like many sponsors, we were in contact with the NFL. And once the issue was resolved between players and the owners, we are optimistic that the NFL's best years are ahead. But good or bad leadership starts to stop, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Stock for Louisville-based company, which is one of the NFL's biggest TV advertisers, was down 12% in trading on Wednesday. Oops. Okay, let's just get a few things straight. The reason Papa John's, okay, doesn't do well, okay, it's because they suck. Their pizza sucks. Yeah, 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 okay, exactly. the sauce is too sweet. Let's just right. get that. Sure. It's just I agree. too sweet. And, the, and they put too much on it. It's wet. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just it's it's too soggy. It's like if I want that shit, I'll go to Chicago and get myself a quiche, which is right. what they just call pizza out there. But it's really mm. a quiche. Um, there was the the other story that I thought was interesting was that there was a protest um, with Papa John, uh, despite threat of boycott, 
attendance increases at Sunday NFL games. Fans angry with the NFL and his protesting players called for a boycott on Veterans Day weekend. Okay. However, they, uh, there were more fans at the games, uh, this past Sunday than it had averaged all season. So nice try on the protesting there. Well, well done, Sonny boy. <laughs> that one didn't work out too well. Let me see what else we've got. Oh, here's one. I'm just going to read you the headline. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Magic Mushrooms legalization effort clears first hurdle in California. Really now? Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're done there. Huh. Yeah. Just thought I just thought I'd put that on your radar screen, Sparky. Um there was a uh uh photo that went viral of a woman on a on a bike. I don't know if you saw this, flipping off the uh Yeah. Yeah, the motorcade. She got fired from her job. Did you hear about that? I heard about that. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the guy from the Charlottesville march. That got fired from his job. They showed him holding one of those tiki torches. Hey, you yeah. know what? Go goes around. You know this is the thing. And and while I don't think either of them should have been fired, all right. Once you fire one, you got to fire them all. So. No, I, I I disagree. I think that uh, in the case of the tiki torch guy, it's appropriate, and in the case of the other guy, it isn't. And this might sound hypocritical. But okay. uh, let me explain why. Oh, no, why. look, I, I agree with you. I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to be nice. Mm. Oh, although I, 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 although I, I will I will say <laughs> this because I'm very uh, – I sometimes sound very Republican when I feel – because as a business owner, I feel like I shouldn't be um, – I shouldn't have to hire somebody. I shouldn't have to hire a Trump supporter. No. So if you own a business you and you're a Trump supporter – You should have the right to fire anybody for any reason right. you want. So it's a, it's, it's, it saddens me that she was fired and it, and it, and it fills my heart with glee. Somebody the, else is going to hire her. She's only been there for six months. She's not like she's been there for 15 she years. She got 250,000 job offers. Yeah. And she, she'd only she'd been there for like, like six months or something. Yeah. So. She hadn't been there for like 15 years. So, yeah. you know. Good riddance. Yeah. So this story, this one is the, the, the most fun you can have. Rand Paul and his neighbor have a history of conflict, yeah. says community can, developer. Okay. <laughs> First thing, for, let's just get this part straight. Okay. Basically... From what we're hearing, this is over, you know, yard waste and whatnot. That the pumpkin patch, all this. There's, stuff. There are many stories. There are coming, a lot of stories out there, but that's the official. But this one. is a perfect example, okay, of what libertarians really are, which are assholes who don't know how to get along with their neighbors. That's all libertarians are. They're not about individual freedom. They're about not wanting to have to deal with the fact that sometimes you can't do everything you want to do because there's a whole bunch of other people around you. Okay, and that's going to be bad for them. And they want to do things that are going to be bad for you. And so everybody has to kind of come to a thing. No, No. libertarians are assholes who don't know how to get along with their neighbors. And now this is the proof. This is what you get. Six broken ribs, a fucked up face. You look like you got the kitchen so out of them. So what, like, I want to know more because I hear that it's about hedges and everybody's I, like, no, it's not about hedges. And it's like, what then? What? Well, no, my question is this. Look, one way or the other. Okay, this guy who's also a doctor, he's also a doctor. He lives in yeah. this gated community. It's it's yeah. And by the way, it's not like their houses are right next to each other. There's like an acre in between the two houses. Okay, and so this is just people. This had to have been simmering for a while. Apparently, they hadn't spoken in years. This is why Ram, you know, Ram Paul. I don't want him. To run for something because he can't even get along with his neighbor. How is the, how is he right. supposed to be able to get to to figure out what all of his constituents want? He doesn't give a shit about them. He cares about what he wants, and he figures as long as they elected me, they elected me 
to decide whatever the hell I wanted. Not based on their beliefs, mm-hmm. based on my beliefs, based on what I told them during my campaign. Right. Yeah, you know, I fuck you. You know, I as far as I'm concerned, he got what he deserved. I I just know that Rand Paul somewhere along the lines here, he he got what he deserved here. You know, he just. At some point, he was like, I'm allowed to do this. It's my land. I can do anything I want. And, you know, here's the line of demarcation. Good fences make good neighbors. Yeah. You know, apparently an acre of land isn't a big enough fence. Yeah, that fence wasn't uh, good enough. Yeah. Here's one that I absolutely know you are going to love. You ready for this? I'm ready. Expert. Expect DeVos to resign from Trump administration. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that. You saw yeah, that right. one? Yeah, she's not uh, doing what she was wants to do. There it she's is. A sprawling political profile outlines a troubled U.S. Department of Education under shaky leadership of Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos, Director of Independent Education Think, think Tank. You know, I, I, I've been – I listened to this <laughs> TED Talk thing from a guy named uh, – the hell is his name? I have it down here somewhere. I gotta remember the guy's name because this guy is—it's truly the perfect. Um, oh, Arthur Brooks. There it is. This guy named Arthur Brooks. I'm watching a TED talk from this guy. Every time from now on, every time you—he's—he's he's with the American Enterprise Institute. Mm. The American Enterprise Institute. Yes. Okay, it's a think tank. Yeah, it's I a know, think it's, tank. It's a big no, tank. No, it's thinking. not. Okay, you know what no, it is? It's the Klan. It's a no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not that. That's not it. That's not no. what they're espousing. This is a public relations firm oh uh, it's a public relations firm and nothing more they're not taking a look at problems and saying we're going to try and come up with as many different solutions and we're going to whittle them down to the Mm -hmm. one that we think has the greatest chance they're paid somebody's paying their salary and whoever's paying their salary has an agenda and their job is to come up with a solution that meets the ideological narrative of the person paying their salary they're not a think tank they're a public relations firm okay because every he says you know, he gives like, uh, I hate the term think tank. Okay. <laughs> okay. They're not, <laughs> I'm going to write it's that. It's not down. a think tank. It's a public relations department. She's, uh, according to this guy, uh, Thomas Toke, who is, uh, <laughs> let me see. The tank is called Future Ed. Told Politico that DeVos was ignorant of the job's constraints when she accepted it. And insiders are already preparing for her to vacate the position. Outsiders yeah. are preparing for it too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Although uh, on the other hand, yeah, as I've said before, here's the here's the great fear. All right, if this is the A team, who's being brought in for the fucking B? Team? Remember, they don't want anybody in any of these departments, so they loaded it with whoever. But like, there were two qualifications for for the position. How much did you bribe me for? Right. Well, and she do you paying do you, do you hate? She can't fill and, her. And do you hate the department? Laws. Morale is terrible at the department. DeVos was roundly criticized for a lack of basic knowledge about education policy during the confirmation process hearing. She blames President Donald Trump's transition team, claiming she was undercoached. Mm. That she claims she was undercoached. Okay. Mm. Rule number one, <laughs> no, if you just, need to be coached just, in order to head a department well, that, that is responsible for the education of tens of millions of children, then you shouldn't be in the position in the first. I, I'm just wondering who was coaching anyone during right, that one, transition. Here's a line. One doubts most nominees for education secretary need to be coached, need to be coached not to cite grizzly bears as a reason for guns in schools. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can't relate. 
where I lived, that was some that was a, you know that could have happened. Churches ramping up security. This is after that gun thing. You know, every show it's a new gun thing. Right. Guy walks into a church. The part I like, <clears throat> I can't remember who who wrote it. There's there's a whole bunch of them. Somebody's like, everybody's sending hopes and prayers. What the fuck do you think they were there doing? If the hopes and prayers can't can't stop it from happening in a church, which is where prayer is taking place, how much it, they're ramping up security? That- what God isn't enough security? I guess God's not God's not quite enough security for you there, pal. It was all part of God's plan. It was, it's part of God's plan. <laughs> Everything is. So here's one. Yeah, I, I, I know we're going to have some fun with this just for a minute. As you trademarked it last, the Gropioid epidemic. The Gropioid. No one else is using it yet, so it continues to be fun. I know. And <clears throat> first yeah, thing, wow. The, it's everywhere. <laughs> You know, We're, it's like I haven't been accused. The, the, I have listen, never committed it, and that's has why this, I've never been. Has accused. this caused you, like me, to do a little memory inventory? I have. I started thinking. Like, I did. Huh? And I'll tell you something else. I spoke to my mom because last week we were talking. You know, you said these women who are coming out, and I agree with you. You know, they should have come out sooner, and they need to. Sit, you know, you were like they need to save a tomato for themselves. You know, they're throwing at everybody else. I'm going to tell you. My mom pointed out some stuff that we really didn't take into account. She was telling me about a friend of hers that's in academia that was one of, uh, I believe, 10 women who filed a suit against this big shot professor. And this is many, many years ago. And apparently this professor, it was apparently already known that he was, I quote, to, to quote my mother, a bit grabby, a bit grabby, I believe. And what happened was is, the uh, the ladies who brought this suit, the women who brought the suit, they lost. Okay? They lost the suit. And apparently, none of them, for at least as far as my mom knows, for a while after that, none of them got a job in academia again. Okay. And I think this is the part that, that, that we didn't think about and that it really does – Take a woman's perspective. Because my mother was also telling me when she was working at MDC, this is back in the late 60s, early 70s, that her boss came over, was was in a a meeting with some guy, big hotshot, and came over and said, hey, you know, um, this guy would like to take you out. And my mom's like, well, who is he? And, you know, why isn't he coming over? Well, he's married. And my mom's like, what are you, pimping for him? Mm-hmm. Right. You're pimping for him. He's married. He was married. Right. right. He married asking my mom out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Obviously, he obviously he'd only looked at her and said, "Wow, good looking woman." He hadn't had a chance to actually sit down and have a conversation with my mom. At which point, he'd been like, "God, what the, are you kidding? Right? How could you be so morally upright? Don't you see what <laughs> right. I'm trying to do here?" Sure. Yeah. But my mom was. She straightened me out a little bit on this. She really right. did. You know, she said, you have to understand that there's a fear about my, you know, a career, about how it's going to be handled, about how the, what the pushback is going to be, how powerful they are versus you. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a man-woman thing. It's always been there for that. So, you know, I'm going to step back from my position that I can't believe the women never said this. And right. They have a lot to – they should be held accountable for all the people that – Whoever did this to them, all the people that they that that person did it to after that, it's kind of their. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm stepping off that. I'm stepping off 
because right. I, 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 my mom straightened me out. And she's like, you know, you got to understand it's tough when you have to fear if you're, if you don't have a husband, okay, who's bringing in a whole bunch of income. If you're the only income earner and you have to say yes because it, it involves making sure that next week you can still put food on the table because they're going to fire you and they're going to make sure you never get to work again. Right. So, you know, all right. On the other hand, it was good for the goose, good for the gander. Mariah Carey is being accused of sexual harassment. You see that one yet? No. Oh, that's a classic. Louis C.K. is done. These are just the, the headlines. Yeah, Louis C.K. I, remember I was talking to you? Like, let's try to watch his thing. And like, yeah, I he's know. being racist. And I'm like, you know, so. There you go. He, Jeremy Piven slams completely fabricated allegations of sexual assault, of course. Now there's more people coming forth. You got to mm. like the fact, though, that the name of his show is Wisdom of the Crowd. Boy, I bet he mm. never thought that was going to come around to bite him in the ass. Oh, the wisdom of the crowd of women he had sexually harassed. Ooh. Ooh. Earlier this month, reality star and former Playboy playmate Ariana Bellamar accused Piven, 52, of groping her on two separate occasions. Well, you know, I know this is going to be inappropriate, but you are a Playboy star. How come that... I don't know if I can hold yeah. off. Okay, yeah, yes, I can. Yeah, 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 I can. Yeah. Florida senator accused of groping removed as budget chair. Okay, as budget chair. Now, here's the thing. They're not asking him to leave the Florida State Senate. They just took away that little bit of power from him. They agree, you know, this is one of those things where it's obvious that he did it. Otherwise, they would have just fought it. They would have fought it tooth and nail. But the minute it came out, they knew it was real. And so mm-hmm. he's no longer the budget chair. He's still a senator. Don't get me wrong. He still gets to vote on the budget. Don't get me wrong. He still has power over people. Don't get me wrong. He still has power over women that he can continue to abuse. Don't get me wrong about that. But he ain't the budget chair no more. Okay. You know, smack right. down. Yeah. The problem with Paul Ryan's call for sexual harassment training for members of Congress. There's a problem there. Okay. Here's the problem. If you need training. To not sexually harass women, then perhaps you shouldn't be a member. You know, of this Congress. is this is what is coming to light, <laughs> is is that apparently it's apparently, pervasive. It's it's pervasive, and it and it's occurring to some people that maybe maybe some of these men were not told that it's wrong. Yeah, you know, I, where were you raised? Yeah, in I Alabama, Tokyo. Where were you in Tokyo? Because to- 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 right, uh, yeah. I'm going to call one of my friends in Tokyo and tell him we're having this crisis over here just to listen to him laugh. Laugh on the yeah, phone. Yeah, <laughs> It's, it's the line for of the our week, subway by cars. the way, came from Chris Matthews, who said, well, at least now we know what the age of consent is for Republicans. 14. Yeah. That's the age of consent. It doesn't matter. It really, it really doesn't. doesn't. More in Alabama, he'll probably still win. I wrote down, he'll probably still win with constituency made up mostly of evangelicals. Now, I was talking to you about this before. I said, mm-hmm. when I, I called up my mom, and, I, and the more thing had just, like, broken. And it occurs to me that Republicans may have been the ones that leaked this. That may have been the ones that steered the Washington Post reporter to the various women. Because if if and when Moore becomes a member of the Senate, mm-hmm. it's, that's that's a nightmare. I, I've been hearing these things. Yeah, that's a nightmare. And, of course, he can't actually well, become a member of the Senate until every any senator at any time can tell, can, can make the entire Senate uh, vote one by one on whether or not they believe somebody should be in the Senate. Whether or not they approve of his election and being seated in the Senate. Okay, now that almost never happens. But I'm going to tell you right now, if this guy actually wins the election, 
Okay, Schumer's going to call for that. Why shouldn't he? He should make every single senator stand up and say, "I yes, I think he should be in there, or no, I don't think he should. Right. And that's a nightmare for Republicans. You know who doesn't want him to run uh, is Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's why I think, that's why I think that the Republicans are behind this leak, not the Democrats. And the other reason, of course, is because it's so easy for Moore and them to all say, "Oh, this is the Democrats trying to get back at him." It's perfect. This is it. My own little conspiracy theory. I love it. Um, let me see. Yeah, you know, I wrote down. I said their biggest fear is that he's going to become the Louis Gohmert of the upper house. <laughs> that's you know, he's going to be the new Louis Gohmert. Except he's going to be a fucking senator at that point. There, the, the list of people coming out now, it's like, is there anybody who isn't guilty of sexual harassment in Hollywood at this point? Hollywood, everywhere, in politics. It's like the casting couch is real. So I, did, so I asked you about your inventory, your mental inventory. Yeah. Like, did, did you come up with anything? No, did I didn't. Uh, well, I, 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 here's, here's my uh, honest answer that I'm going to stick to. Yeah. No, oh, nothing, the inventory. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually did. There's, there's an occasion. I actually remember an occasion where I was inappropriate. Not okay. physically, but I think from a mental point of view. Physically, I've never, okay. I've never, ever, ever, ever mm-hmm. taken advantage of a woman physically in my life, ever. No, no. Me no, I mean. I had a funny ever. response, though. I've, I've, you know, drunk chicks. I have literally put drunk chicks no. in bed, put, yep. the, put the blankets over them, and slept in a chair. Yep. Okay? Yep. On numerous occasions. Numerous yep. occasions. And these were, and, yeah, and just to be clear, it had the next day we woken up in the same bed. Mm-hmm. Okay, soiled with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, the women. I, I'm pretty sure these chicks wouldn't have had a problem with it. Okay, still, it's just not right. You no. don't do that. I was raised properly. Your inventory, sir. Okay, nothing. I'm sober enough to remember. Oh, but oh, oh, that's, that's the. I really. Well, that's the other thing. No, man, of course not. I don't get blackout drunk. But also, I don't make no, fucking either. excuses either. I'm no. not using that as a fucking yeah. excuse to abuse no. another human being. No. I'm just not going to do it. No. And the people who do fucking It doesn't count. Here. It doesn't count if you take it under dubious uh, circumstances. You don't get to put a point down for that. So here's one that uh, that I, I've been looking at, and I don't know a lot about it. And I gave you a heads up on this one. Silk Road Investigator gets more jail time for second Bitcoin theft. Bitcoin right now is trading at like seven thousand eight hundred and some odd dollars a share. And they now have a new they have a new thing coming in and people are calling it a pyramid scheme. People, you know, which it is Mm -hmm. because there's no physical good behind it. Right. This is a It's still trust based. It's entirely trust based. So Yeah. And it's a stock. Trust Sorry. based. You know, all those people the get their market. Bitcoin stolen, you know. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I don't know enough. I really I know absolutely nothing about Bitcoin. I've never used cryptocurrency before. Okay. And I have people that say it's it's good that they should use PayPal or, or whatever the, the you know, the ways I've I've used it. 
But I would not. I would not. He, I I've used it, but I I would not trust it. Right. Any more than I would. I would certainly not. It's gone up tenfold in value I, per I, share I, in the I, last I, year. I understand, but call me not right. And people people don't you know call this position extreme. But anything that is in the hands of another person is trust based. Thank you. you. It's your bank and you FDIC and this and that's like it's still dependent upon a system and still somebody some schmendrick somewhere can say that you're not entitled. To those funds and freeze your account or whatever, right? Right. So you're still dependent upon a system and other people doing the right thing for you to have the thing that you entrust to them. And I, I like it because I think that it's going to go far in taking the control of the global finances away from the banking cadres that own the world. Well, yeah, and and I look, think it's going to have that you effect. Know how I feel about and. That. And also, and this is what they all this is what they all hate because if if we perform a legitimate transaction, like when I buy a soda downstairs with my debit card, right. some you know Schmendrick somewhere makes a piece of that, sure, because but they I own got the reservoir. No, okay, but okay. I don't have a problem with with that with them making a piece of that because they've made my life more convenient. Okay, in order but, to do that, so I'm going to pay a small a smidgen for that. To, to an extent, but there are people, and but but it's also it's also a monitored transaction. There are people believe that the government ought not be entitled to your communications or knowledge about your transactions, and so this is where the cryptocurrency comes in, is so that you can make uh, private transactions, right? And and it's very and peer to peer. I, I believe in that. And this, peer is, to peer this, is, this is a this is a political thing. A lot of people like, no because that's how drug dealers and hitmen and money launderers. Yeah. 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 So, but that, but the alternative is the government monitors you all your transactions, dealers, and it's none of your fucking business. And just to be clear on this, drug dealers mm. aren't using cryptocurrency; they're using the banks. How do you think they launder their uh, money? You want to get rid of cartels? Go after the banks that launder their money. Otherwise, right. they'd have to store all that cash in right. like a concrete bunker somewhere in the Sinaloa right. region. Right. That's bullshit. Okay. So, but I would not. I would not. If you want to make money, you know, put some money in, buy like like a stock yeah. or something. But when you when you play the stock market, let's say, and you buy a stock that is doing very well, can it just all of a sudden tank? You know, can you lose that money? Yes. Okay. Same thing with the Bitcoin thing. These yeah. people had bitcoins. Somebody playing, stole look, it. Somebody had get out it. now. It's a, it's an almost yeah. eight. It's a, you know it's it's going up. So that's what I would recommend. I wouldn't year. invest. I wouldn't like store my life savings in it. But use it. Right. You know. Yeah. I, I think it's bad that the, that it's got a a price per share based on people putting their money in there so that it can be used for these things. I think that's the problem for me. J.P. Morgan says family awarded eight billion dollar verdict deserves nothing. Okay. Yeah, they mismanaged somebody's fund. Eight. The the whole point of this is there was an eight billion dollar verdict against J.P. Morgan, which they will never have to pay. And the ironic part is, is that they are going to spend tens of millions of dollars on legal fees mm. in order to not have to pay this. My question is, at some point, haven't they just offered these people tens of millions of dollars to just say shut the fuck up? You, you would think that that might I have would. occurred to someone. Well, in any event, I just wanted to, the Bitcoin thing. Keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on the share price because they just introduced another uh, equity under the Bitcoin name. And okay. I believe it's going to be gold-based. Now, yeah, all right, gold, which 
still, remarkably, as a fear-based commodity is up at over $1,200 an ounce. Once again, we're not running out of gold. There's no inflation. I don't get it. Hold on. Wait. The guy at the beginning of our show, William Devane, maybe he mm. has something to do with it. Hello. I'm, I'm, my savings. If you can't touch it, do you really own it? That's just it. Do you my, really own it? My savings consists of canned goods and ammunition in a shipping container buried Toilet paper. buried somewhere in Florida, <laughs> the map of which is tattooed with invisible ink on my back, and I need a series of mirrors to see it and ultraviolet light. <laughs> Lots of toilet paper and canned goods. That's right. There it is. Well, there we go. I just, <clears throat> just keep an eye on Bitcoin because I have a feeling that at some point – in the next six months to a year, something's going to happen. And I'll tell you, if they don't get this tax bill passed, start shortening the S&P because the stock market's going to tank. It'll tank. Oh, the stock market's rise over the last year has been almost entirely based on the belief that the tax will go down from 35% to 20%, even though the average tax, effectable tax rate for corporations is 18.1%. 18.1 is what they're paying right now. People are complaining that they want the tax rate down to 20%. Well, it's at 18.1 because they get to hire all these people who say, you know, this is one of those things where if we lowered it to 20% and got rid of every single loophole, so you have to pay the 20%. You have to pay it. You could get rid of all the lawyers and all the money you're paying them too. Yeah. You know? Makes you, makes you question who's actually who actually wants the tax you know, the lawyers don't want the taxes to go down because that's their job. Mm-hmm. Although probably not because it doesn't matter how low the government makes taxes. Corporations are always going to want to try and make them lower. Mm-hmm. So I guess it'll always be a job. All right. Enough of that. You ready to keep the groove going I'm here? Ready. Shaolin Temple Defenders on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs> So oh. 
They have seats he flies down there the size of the eagles. Really? In the evening, I would stand in front of my hut and watch in horror as these giant flies would pick children off the ground and carry them away. My God. All the things he told us. Oh, it was an incredible sight. Peasants screaming, chasing these flies down the road, waving bones. You can imagine the pathetic quality of this, waving these crudely fashioned bones at these enormous flies as they carry their children off to almost certain death. You sure these are flies you're talking about? Flies. Names had a name for them. Jose Greco Stimuertos. Flamenco dancers.
flapping slowly away into the sunset. Small brown babies clutched in their beaks. Wow. Beaks. Flies with beaks. Sight I'll never forget. I was stunned. As a consultant, what did you do about the flies? Sadly, there's very little you can do because of the tremendous red tape in the bush. There's red tape in the bush? Enormous red tape, gentlemen. These flies, for example, uh, they're protected against pilferage under the provisions of the Guacamole Act of 4 Pitiful Me, Warren Zevon. I've actually had that. I keep putting that song into the lineup 
for for you know for for every show I've been doing. This is like the third show in a row I put it in there. I kept taking them out of the other ones, but I had finally got it in there from uh, Warren Zevon's second album. That is actually an alternate version. Uh, he came out with a uh, you know the remastered. It's what everybody does. They come out with the remastered version and they throw in all the extra shit that didn't make it onto the original vinyl, and that was on there. It's a pretty cool little song. Uh, before that, a little bit, yeah, a little bit more, you know, getting Grand Master Flash's mix swirl on Steely Dan, King of the World, into the RH Factor, that is Roy Hargrove, uh, out of town from Hard Groove, came out in 2005, and surrounding that, a couple of clips from one of the funniest movies ever made, The In-Laws. Um, I just, the that scene where he's talking about the CC flies carrying his little brown babies clutched in their beaks, <laughs> you know, being, being flown away, the guacamole act of 1917. Before that, Thunder Mother, boogie music from No Red Rowan, 1971 album, those guys out of England and kicking off the set. Yeah, some great groove from Europe. I played these guys before. Shaolin Temple Defenders, that is with Dion Charles, Message to the Soul Sisters, from Chapter 2, Get in the Spirit, 2009, those guys out of France. So, you know, far out. So here's one that caught my eye. I can't resist this one. It's just too easy. Suspect, suspect asks for lawyer dog, <laughs> and Judge says he asked for a lawyer dog. A lawyer dog. A lawyer dog. Dog. You know, on Friday, Louisiana's Supreme Court declined to hear an important appeal involving the constitutional right to counsel. The case involves a man who'd voluntarily agreed to speak with the police, but when Warren Demesme realized he's the uh, skill, <laughs> when uh, Warren realized that the cops suspected him of child rape, he told them, per the trial court transcript, I know that I didn't do it, so why don't you just give me a lawyer, dog, because this is not what's up. The U.S. Supreme <laughs> Court has ruled that a suspect, that when a suspect asks for an attorney, the interrogation must end, blah, 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 okay? And that, uh, and that the trial court ruled that the statements he subsequently made can be used to convict him in this particular case. He appealed, uh, Demesme appealed, arguing that his Fifth and Sixth Amendment rights to counsel have been violated. The state appeals court held that they were not. And now the state Supreme Court has declined to review that judgment. Basically, they're saying that they get to convict this guy on stuff that he made after he said, yo, I want a lawyer, dog, because they figured that he wanted McGruff, the crime dog, to have like yeah, suddenly yeah. passed who, these, the Louisiana State Bar exam. Listen, who anybody knows is not a lawyer. He's an investigator. He's an investigator. investigator. That's, that's exactly the, it. He gets hired by right. the district He's, attorney's right. office as their in-house his trench coat is plainly visible. <laughs> I just, when I saw that one, and the thing is this, this is a perfect example of them taking advantage of somebody and then saying, well, we're not going to, now that we've got what we want, we're not going yeah. to turn around and say, you know, because everybody knows what's going on here. Everybody knows. And yeah. yet the Louisiana Supreme Court won't hear his appeal. I'll teach him to be colloquial. <laughs> That's Basically, that's yeah, it. Yeah. So now there's a whole bunch of things going on with that. You well, you know. drop the vernacular. That's not a vernacular. Right. That's a doy. The, the ambiguity rests in the court transcript, not the suspect's actual words. Yes, Crichton used the – uh, Crichton chose to construe the 
Crichton's the uh, DA. His statement is requesting a lawyer dog, Esquire. <laughs> lawyer dog, Esquire, rather than interpreting his words by their plain meaning transcript, ambiguity notwithstanding. So there you go. Don't, when in Louisiana, make sure you are absolutely crystal clear on your intentions. So a year ago, uh, right before the election, on November the 6th, 2016, I wrote something and I went back and reread it. Okay. Um, okay. And, you know, I got a lot wrong and I got a lot right. And the thing is this when you're listening to this, think about it as if it were a Republican writing it. If, if the tables oh, okay. have been turned, if it looked like the Republican was definitely going to win, okay, and the Democrats weren't, and a Republican had been writing this. So I wrote down, and then perhaps there was empathy. This is from November the 6th. 2016. Lord have mercy. Punch Susan Sarandon in the face. Fire James Comey and then hope he sleeps with the fishes. So much for when they go low, we go high. The sheer volume of pussy-grabbing memes that have been spawned in the last 24 hours because Trump had to be whisked off stage by the Secret Service is enough to make me feel soiled in hypocrisy. He gads as if there already wasn't plenty of legit stuff that warranted not voting for Trump. My peeps just couldn't help using an incident he's not responsible for and attempting to portray it in a way that, what, might perhaps serve as the ultimate convincer for the heretofore unconvinced? Really? Hey, focus. We need to start thinking about the day after Hillary gets serenaded by Bruce beneath a fireworks-lit New York City skyline. Oops, got that. We need to get cranking on more than just fact based jabs we can continuously flick on social media we need to stifle the urge to gloat kibosh the desire to conjure up new ways of telling them that they lost douse the flames of rage we've spent the last year roasting in and start formulating a plan that lets them know they're included in it because you know it ain't their plan that's about to be attempted it's ours so there's work to be done before we can get to all the work that we agree has to be done get it i I think I figured out why Trump's rallies are so much more um, rabid than Clinton's. <laughs> I think it's because this is the first time in a while that a whole bunch of folks who felt increasingly disaffected can gleefully gaggle and feel genuinely guarded by the glowing guise of gestalt. Lots of G's in there. I couldn't help. I, sometimes <laughs> I write these things and I just can't help myself. The Tea Party lunacy was sort of the spawning of the fundamentalist Trumpistaniac movement. Bitch slapped by the economic meltdown and then forced to spectate via increasingly ever-present devices spewing all manner of concocted ideologies which are all too often devised for profit rather than progressing a policy, while the true catalysts for their lot in life continue to get even richer off the fat of what used to be their land, it shouldn't come as a surprise that when given their chance to gather together so they could collectively voice their frustration through call and response chanting at the behest of a demagogue, that's exactly what they do, if for no other reason than having been led to believe that it's all they can do. The thing is that there are a lot of them. Sure, there are more of us. But I've got friends, good friends, who are voting for Trump. And on Wednesday, I still want to be friends with them. You know what currently circulating meme I at first chuckled at? but have now come to dislike. And remember, this is 
a year ago, okay, before the election, okay, it's the one that says, quote, well, I guess we can thank Donald Trump for helping us identify which of our Facebook friends are hateful bigots, racists, and fools. Mm-hmm. Hey, self-righteous liberal meme generator asshole, fuck you. That's right. Fuck you. Doesn't feel good, does it? Well, that's basically what she just said to a bunch of friends of mine. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to deny that there have been numerous times when folks I've got no problem having a beer with have posted stuff that angered me to the point of genuine rage. A rage that gradually morphed into frustration, which all too often, unfortunately, led to me making comments that, to put it mildly, were assholier than thou. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Worse still is it pithy I ain't. <laughs> so my frustration began to increase exponentially until I came to the realization that no amount of detail given as to my conviction would sway anyone who'd just been insulted. In essence, I've spent a great deal of time and effort yelping at a fr- few friends of mine, fuck you, now follow me. And I can say with absolute certainty that this methodology is ineffective in as much and as such, I'm going to do everything I can to avoid employing it in the future. I know, okay, I said, look, I know, there's nothing I can do to stop a tidal wave of, it's official, love Trump's hate, memes from drowning social media before the polls close in California. Oh, that it were so. Unfortunately, the majority of what gets posted will be a whole lot snarkier than that. And as for the online pushback, yike ruski Well, I want no part of it. No bullshit. At this point, I don't give a fuck who's to blame for this or that. I've already moved on to speculating as to what we can agree needs to be accomplished and what it will take to achieve it together. So with the easily predictable as a backdrop, I'd like to suggest that we, as a nation, collectively take the deepest of breaths around 10 p.m. Tuesday evening and proclaim with one voice, I feel you, bro, lest we find ourselves even angrier Wednesday morning. Now inhale and take deep breaths. That's right. Breathe. There you go. Excellent. So needless to say, this is still two days before the election, and I got some of my own pushback from that. A friend of mine wrote, bunch of sanctimonious platitude bullshit. As for gloating the next day, should Hillary win? Wrong. It will be a huge sigh of relief because a huge fucking hemorrhoid didn't become president of the greatest country on earth. And some of the Trump supporter friends who don't like my posts, it's only because... Uh, it's only due to the fact that they're supporting a huge asshole and don't like to be reminded of it. Now, this same person posted a video of, like, a traffic incident that happened, and this white guy gets out of a truck and just starts screaming at this black guy in a car who's recording the whole thing, and this white guy's like, you fucking nigger getting in the way you did, over, literally, mm-hmm. over, and, and screaming at him, okay? Another friend of mine whom I happen to have tremendous respect for as far as his opinion, he goes, sorry, buddy, you know I love you, but I'm with... The previous guy. Trump is nothing less than a disaster that I believe we will narrowly avert. And his supporters, they can kiss it. They either support him because they agree with him, which I cannot forgive, or they support him because they're idiots who like him because he's on TV, which I cannot forgive. <laughs> then he goes, some great lines in your piece, though. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Another friend of mine was like, ass holier than thou? That's a classic. All right. So I wrote back, and there were some others, and I wrote back, guys, you got to chill. Okay, I'm on your side. Seriously. What world are you living in where I don't recognize Trump as a nightmare-walking, psychopath-talking, danger to America specifically and the planet in general? But in 48 hours, 50 million people are going to be pissed. 
You can't campaign on a slogan of stronger together one day and then tell 40% of the electorate to go fuck itself the next day because, you know, to the victor go the ideological spoils. Just a reminder, the blithering dolts who freely decide to vote for a demagogue who's a cross between P.T. Barnum and Chancellor Gardner are U.S. citizens, and they're not going anywhere. I'm simply suggesting that attempting to ignore 50 million Americans by vilifying their desires and beliefs doesn't seem like a rock-solid plan for progress. You think the asshole calling the guy in the car nigger was born with that attitude? Me neither. But there it is for all to see. And I promise you, he doesn't give a shit what you or I or any decent person thinks. That kind of deplorable has to be deprogrammed. And I'm convinced that you can't change someone's mind by continuously castigating them, no matter how legitimate the castigation is. What concerns me isn't so much a racist douchebag in an SUV. It's the people who seek to rise to prominence and wealth on his ignorance. The political trolls who will fire up the machine Wednesday morning and start cranking out whatever it takes to reinforce the ignorance they profit from. What concerns me is that the tenor of the battle will never go away simply because this battle has been won, but will instead only be heightened in expectation of the next battle. And I, for one, would rather not live in a constant state of war, even if the battleground is simply Facebook. Look, guys, I think I've made my views quite clear over the years, and I understand how important this election is. I also understand that my fantasy of getting 50 million would-be angels to dance on the head of my pin of morality is more than a little utopian. I guess what I was trying to do in my own small way was lobby for detente made possible through increased understanding and knowledge, because Trump is a manifestation, not a root cause. And the only way to stop another manifestation is to rip it out by the roots and then plant something better in its place. Now, that was a year ago Mm -hmm. when we all thought that Hillary Clinton would win. Now, I'm saying all that. Wouldn't it be nice if the if the Republicans had the same viewpoint and said, you know, I'm just saying I I got I'm just but yeah. they, but there there but in lies don't. the difference. This isn't, and and this is why I, I refuse. Again, this isn't norm. The whole normalizing and everything. This isn't a disagreement between two political viewpoints. This is, at least for me, coming to the realization that the political conversations that I was wrapped up in before right were 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 excuses were MacGuffins because now 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 it makes the proof sense is out. for why it's it, the proof is out why they're they're they were spewing stuff that isn't based in reality I'm arguing things that are that are that are you know facts Tact- that are facts that are facts tactile <laughs> you, you know like like supply side economics or global warming is like these are discernible these are demonstrable facts that you're arguing against there has to be a reason why there has to be a reason why and then and and now something obvious something obvious occurs like this is a guy that's running naked through the streets covered in his own shit writing on the walls and you're saying hey yeah sounds great and i'm like uh, no this isn't a political conversation anymore. This is this is uh, Uncle Ben is crazy. We gotta do something. Gotta put him in a home. Something Look, he's writing with his I, poop. The reason I went back to this and the reason I I reread it and decided to bring it up again is because that kind of is the difference between Republicans and Democrats. I as a Democrat, okay, would have been very, very willing to listen to 
tax reform. I would have been very willing to listen to upgrading and improving Obamacare because it, you know, the states did what they did. They they tried they tried to make it fail and are continuously trying to do that. But I'm willing to work on that. I'm willing to work on that with y'all. And they aren't. And I wish they were. And I just it, like it noted, I would like it noted, okay, that I said mm-hmm. before the election that we do need to consider the, the loser's point of view. And what bothers me and you is that they, now as the winners, of, don't of feel the same way. Of course not. Of course not because that's – that's the difference right there. It isn't, it isn't, it isn't this political view versus that political view. It's obviously good versus obviously evil. This is, this is Star Wars. That's, well, that's the Empire. The, the <sighs> I know. And, but your red lightsaber blade, it's like clear. It's clear as day. I know. And the thing is, is that despite the fact, and I agree with you. However, continuously telling. Mercy belongs to one, the good people. The good son, the good guys. Yeah. Mercy. Look, we compa- want to be the good compa- guys. We've no. spoken about this. Kill them all. Release the Kraken. That's what we're up against here. Uh, I have this great fear right now that when Trump is removed from office, yes. that it's going to make the divisiveness even greater. There's going to be. Yes. It's just going to. That's my bumper sticker. Steve, Remember my bumper sticker? Steve, I say this time we don't accept their surrender. Yes. Right there you go. That's the bumper sticker. Yeah. Steve Bannon, man. Fucking this guy. This He's a walking tumor. He's he a gin blossom that developed sentience. He is. He really is. He's 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 patient he's number foul. one. For like, you know, you know he has an innie, right? You know what's behind that kind of a personality? His penis goes in. He has a mangina. A mangina. He does have a man. No question. Oh, Lord in heaven. I, you know, at some point, if we get lucky, you know, people will actually try and do what they keep claiming they, they want to do, which is come together and create solutions that benefit the most. You know, every generation has its messiah. <laughs> I read I, I read up on the, you know, what the Jews the are arguing age. about this. Or you're in the, messianic, yeah, yeah. the new Mueller, messianic age. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. Is my generation's Messiah? I I am watching him as if as if he were Jesus on earth. His every step is holy to me. I I just I looked back on that and I thought, boy, you know, wouldn't it been wouldn't it been nice if some if some Republican had written that ahead of time? And then yeah, wouldn't it be nice? But no, but no, that's not right. Well, then that's the way it goes. You ready to keep the groove going? I'm ready. Big boy bloater and the limits on the groove of thought on SoFloRadio.com.
this show. Are you kidding, man? The price is right. This is the all-American game show. And they're supposed to guess what all that crap is worth? I mean, is that the principle? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. How long has this show been on the air? Since about 1911. Hey, I can't believe you never heard of The Price is Right. Well, I don't see that much television. I'm out of the country a lot. Really? What do you do? I work for the CIA.
Street. That's a live version of it. Our original version was on Still Bill, came out in 72. I think that was his second or third album. There's a uh, great uh, bunch of clips on YouTube from that particular show of uh, Bill Withers. Got a bunch of great live stuff on that. Before that, The New People, spelt N-U. I'd be nowhere today. It's 45, came out in 1970. New People are actually, um, that is in reference to one of the 56 ethnic groups that are recognized by the People's Republic of China. There's not that many of them. Uh, there's about 250,000 of this particular uh, ethnic group, the new, N-U. Huh. Yeah. N-U. And uh, tie-in here is that a bunch of them, uh, their homeland is in Myanmar, where now, I just saw in the news the other day, something like 500,000 of the, of the uh, Myanmarese. No, the uh, Haringe, you know, oh. which are being slaughtered by the army and by Aung San Suu Kyi. Bitch! You see, you see how people are? They're listening to the show. They're paying attention. Yeah. Love that. Before that, yeah, another little clip from the in-laws about uh, the Price is Right. Before that, a little bit of a mix in there. Buddha Bar, that is uh, part of uh, Chillin' in Paris that I like to clip out every once in a while. I'll get my merengue swirl on along with a little bit of dancing and kicking off the set. Big Boy Bloater and The Limits. Not Cool Man from Luxury Hobo, which is uh, the CD they came out with last year. Those guys are actually from England. So they're getting that American thing going on there. So I've been getting into car stuff recently. You know, I sent you that thing and I started Mm. watching. There's a show called, um, you know, the show that I always liked was uh, Top Gear. Then they did Top Gear uh, America. And now there's a new version of Top Gear America, which isn't as good as the original ones. But I sent you that clip of how they, they shoot the car and then they have the other car with the camera on it. Loaded mm, right. to shoot mm. the original, to shoot uh, the car. And then mm. they have a dune buggy that's like tricked out with another camera to shoot the, the Escalade with the camera. Then they've got the helicopter shooting the dune buggy, shooting the Escalade, <laughs> shooting, the, shooting the Lambo. And the way they did it on that version was really cool. But there's another show, the original crew from Top Gear, the original Top Gear show, which is on BBC. They now have a show. They've done one season of it already. It's called The Grand Tour. And if you're into cars, yeah. And they go all over the place and shoot it. They, they did an episode in Nashville. They've done a bunch in England. They did one or two in Africa. They've done a bunch. They did one in Italy that's a lot of fun because they've got, like, uh, the one in Italy. This is basically like Anthony Bourdain except without food or sanctimony. Just cars. Just cars and having fun. All right. They're not trying – but uh, in one of the episodes where they're in Italy, they're like, one guy's driving a Rolls-Royce um, silver shadow uh, convertible. The other one's driving the brand-new Aston Martin DB9, which is, you know, both of the wall. And then the other guy is driving the brand-new Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat, which I have spoken about. And they go through, like, a tunnel at one point, and he just revs the engine. It's just awesome. The, the line that I liked... They're, they're trying to race the uh, Hellcat versus the uh, Ford Focus RS, which is, you know, what Ford has done for a high-end Focus, but for European distribution. The uh, the line from one of the guys, he goes, what's the point in putting traction control on this thing? It's like putting nymphomania control on a nun, which <laughs> I thought was hilarious. Now, of course, this is the same car. Remember I was talking about the two, two old men who decided to test drive the car and mm-hmm. crashed it and died? 
they did that in a Dodge Hell Dodge Hellcat Challenger. Apparently, it's got an 18.5 gallon tank, and if you full throttle this thing, you can go through all that gas in 13 minutes. Wow! Yeah, standing quarter mile is faster than a Porsche 911 GT3. Difference is, is that the Dodge only costs 50 grand, baby. Because here in America, yeah, we get that shit done. Raw savage power. So you know what that means. Time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. And I, that was the first thing I did. I, I sent, you know, uh, once I didn't know this show was on. Mm-hmm. It's on like Amazon or some. It's on one of those. Yeah. Those I'm things. Kind of- so I didn't know. So I got to binge watch the entire first season when I saw the promo for the new season. So, you know, the first thing I do, of course, what do I do? I get in touch with Dave. Dave, you know, he's like, oh, I've already seen them all. He's like, oh, of course. he's all over that. Of course, I'm talking about Dave Carey of Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida. 954-247-9362. Dave, the entire A-S-E certified crew. Bumper to bumper. I was over there. He had a, a fundraiser for a friend of his. He did his uh, cruise in. Does a cruise in once a month. Everybody comes over. I'm telling you straight the fuck up, okay? I posted videos of a couple of the cars doing, they do a burnout section all right this is where global warming is coming from forget about factories in the midwest and and coal-fired plants it's people doing these kinds of burnouts i was there for 15 (laughs) minutes and i swear to god just from the burnouts from like the 65 vet okay and the uh hemi there's there's somebody at a hemi station wagon just from those two burnouts the temperature for the entire planet went up by like one degree that's funny i'm the videos are on. I put them on Facebook. They are bad ass. My boy Dave, he knows how to get people over there because they trust him. They're, he had that, that uh, Ultimate GTR, uh, GBR or GTR in there. Cars mm-hmm. incredibly fast. Dave makes cars do the right thing. I swear by him. Across the board, very easy to get to. Right off I-95, you take Atlantic West to Andrews, make the turn on Andrew, make the left on Andrews, the right on third, and you're right there. Obviously, uh, Groovathon approved. There is a discount. Mention the Groovathon when you go in there. You can go to the SoFlowRadio.com website. Click on the box that says Tony C. SoFlow Groovathon. You're going to get to my page every show I've ever done, available to be listened to and or downloaded for free. Above every song, you're going to see a list of the songs. Above every link, you will see a list of the songs that are played on that show at the very top of the page. You're going to see a description of the show, and there's a link in there for Precision Auto Works. Click on the link. takes you right to the site. Everything you need to know, it's right there. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida, 954-247-9362. It is the place where people who love their cars take their cars. Yeah, that's right. A little hang time there, as you would say. A little bit of a hang time there. Obviously, that means it's time to get the drive groove. And, yeah, it's that time of year again. We're there. You know, the snowbirds are back. I've seen Zuma Suvion license plates starting to show up in all the wrong places, which is to say where I live or on the road, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere. And that means, of course, it is time for the annual playing of the song that they need to listen to. Yeah, we kick off the drive groove as we do every time this year with Paul Gilbert. Everybody use your goddamn turn signal on SoFloRadio.com. <laughs>
close your eyes, look at this beautiful day. Everybody use your ears, listen to me when I say now. Everybody use your goddamn turn signal.
let's all ride here. Well, let's all ride, Mama. Just in way you do. Well, let's all ride. Let's all ride. Let's all ride. Let's all ride now, Mama. Any way you do. Well, Mama, she done told me. Papa done told me too. Son, that girl you fooling with, she ain't no good to you. Well, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Let's all right now, Mama. Any way you do.
Eric Gale, something brand new. It's called I Don't Know from a uh, brand new CD by from him called Middle of the Road. Uh, shout out to uh, Ginger, who uh, I was at the uh, Samantha Fish show uh, a week ago, two weeks ago, Sunday, and she actually got me. She's a big Eric Gale's fan. She had been to a show, got me an autographed copy of the CD. So that was very nice for her. Eric Gale, of course, is on the brand new Bootsy Collins CD. I just got a picture from my uh, brother. Dan and posted it. It's a picture of him and his uh, girlfriend and Bootsy Collins standing at the. He went to the uh, the launching, you know, of the new CD or whatever. He went to the CD release party. So that's a pretty cool little pic. So hopefully, I'm going to be getting some uh, some stuff from that. There's already a couple of tracks out there. Actually, pretty cool. Before that, Steve Morse, Relentless Encroachment from Outstanding in Their Own Field. Before that, Johnny Highland, you know, got that twanking. That's all right, Mama, and <laughs> you know it is. Before that, Hired Guns. That is from a little track I snipped out from the documentary called Hired Guns, and it's basically an entire movie about guys who are the studio musicians uh, of late. And it's, you know, this is the latest version of, there's a bunch of other documentaries out there. One is called um, The Wrecking Crew. One's about the Wrecking Crew. Another one's about the Funk Brothers. So this is the latest one called Hired Gun. And it's actually pretty darn – it's a great documentary. If you ever get a chance to see it, Hired Guns. So uh, if you're into that, it, I'll tell you the one thing. Billy Joel comes off like a prick in this movie <laughs> because it centers around a lot of his musicians. And apparently he got ripped off by like his business manager. And after that happened, he treated everybody like shit after that. Like he just – it just affected him in some huh. way. Kicking off the set, yep, like the Swallows returning to Capistrano, which apparently they don't anymore because they fucked up the church there, so the Swallows now go someplace else. Paul Gilbert, <laughs> everybody use your goddamn turn signal from I Can Destroy. That came out in uh, 2015. Paul Gilbert, one of those shredders who's in Racer X. I was talking about this last show that there was a label called – the label was called – I couldn't remember the name of the label – Shrapnel. Shrapnel Records, and those are the guys that came out with all those shredders in the 80s and kind of... I was watching the other day, because I have a friend of mine, Jody, whose cousin, Joey Concepcion, is one of these guys, he's, you know, he can, he's, you know, never met a 64th note he didn't love. You know, just playing <laughs> yeah. at, at blinding speed. But he plays for uh, Jackson Guitars, and so I'm watching a bunch of these videos, not just him, but all these other guys, and one of the things that I realize is that YouTube has made a YouTube basically spawned shredders all over the world because before YouTube, if you wanted to see one of the greats, mm -hmm. okay, you either had to see a movie or you had to go see him live, okay. Right. But now YouTube brought all that stuff to everybody, and mm -hmm. as a result of that, people all over the world said, "I want to do that." So they started sure. playing, and now these guys who can play at blinding speeds, Tom Quayle and Guthrie Gavan. And Martin Miller, these guys are playing at ridiculous speeds. Every note, perfectly heard, except it's boring. To me, I listen to these guys, and I recognize their technical skill, which is off the mm -hmm. charts. The difference between them and a guy like Paul Gilbert or a guy like Johnny Island or a guy like Steve Morse. Steve Morse, I saw an interview, he goes, you know, a lot of the time it's the note not played. Okay. Okay. It's the note that is brought in or faded out of a solo. It's creating that solo not simply to put as many notes as is humanly possible within the solo. 
Okay, right. that's not what what makes us all. And all these guys, they can play the lights out. Okay, but they can't. You know, they can't write worth the damn. <laughs> They're not putting out great songs. You know, that's why. You know, people like Steve Morse to me. People like Steve Morse and Al Demiola. There's like this gaggle of guys that play on every one of these tribute albums. You know, a Royal Dan, which is you know, is tribute uh, to Stewie Dan. Um, what else? Uh, Visions of an Intermounting Apocalypse, which was a uh, tribute to John McLaughlin and uh, the Stevie Ray Vaughan. And it's the same group of guys. It's Robin Ford and Frank Gambale and Steve Lukather and all these guys. They're playing on every single one of them. These guys are good. It's the new crop of speed demons that are kind of, I don't know, they're rubbing me the wrong way a little bit. And I recognize the fact that they got skill out the yin-yang, but... You know what? Now what I've realized is that there's a bazillion of them out there. YouTube has shown us that there's a lot of shredders out there, man. There are a lot of people with that kind of technical ability. And so for me, I try and I, I push that to the side and go, there are guys like Steve Morse and Johnny Highland who have that technical ability, but also, you know, they've got, they play music I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I saw Joe Satriani open for C.V. Ray Vaughan many, many years ago. At the time... Satriani, who was also one of these guys on Shrapnel Records, he was like the big swinging dick of the guitar world. He had just come out with Surfing with the Alien. He was the new guy. Everybody was talking about him. And he opened for Stevie Ray Vaughan. And it was the most crystal clear example of the difference between a guy who knows how to play guitar and the guitar player. Okay. All right, because after the first song by Stevie Ray Vaughan, I couldn't even remember the name of the guy who had gone on stage before him, who at the time was one of the great guitar players out there. Go ahead and sneeze. There you go, baby. Right into your old sleeve. Put that snot right on the shirt. There you go. All right, so there you go, baby. 77 in the books. The uh, the tune, you know, I went, there's a, you know, let's work together, um, you know, is a song that's been done by everybody. Can't mm-hmm. Heat did a great version of it. Brian Ferry, fabulous version mm-hmm. of it. I've got six different versions of it. I kind of went on a little bit of a kick. And I decided that the best version is the first one by a guy named Wilbert Harrison. You know, it's just, it's pure. It's It gets the point across, and it's a fantastic, fantastic song. So that's what we're going to get you out of here with. I'm going to come back in two weeks with my man George over here, and we are going to try and do the exact same thing again, just a little bit better, a teeny, a smidgen. An angstrom unit, better. What do you think? Yeah, sounds now great. I'm going to go. Now I'm going to go compete with all the Canadians on I-95 because now it's rush hour. Every time I drive home from the show, I remind myself that I don't have to do this every day, and I am mm-hmm. grateful for it because it's like pulling teeth. And now lines at Publix are longer. Every I'm, I always get bent out of shape, and then I have to kind of remind myself of what you tell me. Yeah, but we get to live here. We That's get to right. go to the beach whenever we want. There are places where there are no lines because it sucks there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. There's nobody on the highway right. in, nor- in, in North Dakota right now. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Unless, yeah. of course, they're like a, a new wildcat worker hoping to get on the natural gas explosion yeah. or something yeah, like that. Oh, you go vault talking. In any event, as always, for myself and Los Georges over yeah. there, Gramps Master Flash, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom.